This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Teal Talk Radio Season 6, Episode 26. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 26 of KL Talk Radio. I'm Lynn Funy-Hatton. And I'm Randy Zickenfoos. Today, we're talking with John Carippo and Marlena Heburn, co-authors of the Edge Protocol Field Guide, 16 Student-Centered Lesson Frames for Infinite Learning. John has served education at the K-8 level, opened a one-to-one project-based learning Google-based high school, served in two California county offices, including as an assistant superintendent and IT director. John has been recognized as a County Teacher of the Year, a 20-to-watch educator by the National School Boards Association, and was a finalist in the EdTech Digest Awards. John also holds the Apple Distinguished Educator, Google Certified Innovator, and Microsoft Innovative Educator badges. John currently serves as the Director of Q. Marlena draws upon her 18 years of classroom experience, expertise with the Edge of Protocols, and cognitive coaching training to inspire and excite teachers about the possibilities of great instruction. Marlena has been recognized as a beginning teacher support provider of the year and has a master's degree in reading instruction. She's also a Google Certified Innovator, Google Certified Trainer, and co-founder of EdCamp Yosemite and EdCamp Mammoth. Marlena also presents at local and regional conferences, including Q and ISTE. Marlena is currently coordinator of instructional technology services in Fresno County, California. So welcome to the show, John and Marlena. We're looking forward to talking with you about Edu Protocols. All right. Well, thank you for having us. And I'm excited to be here. So let's start with a story about how you arrived at this idea of edu protocols. And maybe we can start with you first, John, and then Marlena, you can add on to the idea. Yeah, and that's perfect because um, Marlena added a lot of wonderful things to this kernel of an idea that I had, which I'm going to blame on another teacher. I saw a conference in San Diego in 1999. It was the California League of Middle Schools event. And um, I I saw a a presentation and I woke up at two in the morning. I had this epiphany of how I could teach the parts of speech. And the the basic idea is we do the same thing every day, but what changes is the fun picture. So the cognitive load goes down, right? Every day there's a new fun picture. This is the, this is a half a decade before there were memes or gifs, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there have been funny pictures on the internet forever. And so I realized that by doing the same basic activity every day, kids' cognitive load went down, and we talked more about the content than we ever had. And then this is the really funny part. I went along for almost four years doing just that one activity and loving it. And one day I said, oh, I could probably do another thing like this. Like, this doesn't have to be the end of the rainbow. There could be more. So I invented about two other variations. 
And then Marlena and I got to work together, uh, I think 2014 to 2016 and 2013, 15, there's a two year range where we worked together. And I was sharing some of this stuff with her and then she was like, you know what else you could do? Right. And it reminds me of you two, you knuckleheads, Randy and Lynn, where like one person will say something, another person will go, you fool, don't you realize what this means? And so some of my favorite protocols now have been invented by Marlena, uh, Cyber Sandwich and Number Mania are two of my favorites. And she made those. But it was riffing on that basic idea. Of, and here's the concept. And then I'll throw it over to Marlena. Basic concept is this. Give the kids about the same work every day. Design an activity that's really fun and engaging. Give them immediate feedback watch the scores go through the roof. That's the basic concept. So, so John had this basic concept that he had and he had built this around uh, the first, what would be considered the first edge of protocol, which was Iron Chef activity, just, just a jigsaw, a gamified jigsaw activity. And I saw this activity and it was fun, the kids enjoyed it, it was, it was really cool. And the principle that he talked about the cognitive load and whatnot really resonated with me. And so I, I started thinking like, well, I want to make one. I want to, I want to see if I can make one. And I spent a long time. That first one probably took me a year to come up with, which was cyber sandwich. It was, um, it just took a long time for that idea to evolve. And as I was developing it, I kept thinking more and more teachers are using technology, but they don't really know how to use it with kids to get kids collaborating and working together and being creative where there's that open-ended element rather than a worksheet that's a closed element. And so as I created uh, Cyber Sandwich, it was, it was a long process, but then the next ones probably started coming like every, every month or two months, I'd have a new idea for another one. Because once I broke that first barrier, then I began to see, wow, we can really uh, bring kids together in these different formats. And they're, they're just structures on how you can structure you know we use google but it can be any technology platform so so that was my motivation of trying to um really was just trying to put my foot in it and trying to come up with my own you know what could i contribute to this and and it just grew from there and after we had a couple of them together and we started working on the book and we're like we kept saying what are we going to call this what are we going to call it what are we going to call it and john came up with the idea of edgy protocols because of the protocol nature of these and the mm -hmm. rep repetitive nature and how important that is. And so that's how we attach to the name Edge Protocols. Yeah, I love it. And you can you can tell once you dig into the book too, there's these structures that really can fuel and uh, accelerate accelerate the learning that can go on. So it gives us a sense of, of the Edge of Protocols. And uh, before I ask the next question, I'm curious, has it grown beyond the original 16 that you have in the book by chance? Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, were there more that you <laughs> just grown. didn't include in the book? Well, yes, I know. We have another 12 in book two. Book oh. two has maybe 12, and we're currently working on a math edition, which may have 10 to, 10 to 12 more. That's awesome. So were those ones that you created, or maybe people that you work with created those? We have Jeremiah Rausch and Lisa Nowakowski that are working on that math edition with us. Ah, awesome. Very good. Yeah, so, And we're super excited about the math edition because we get teachers that do this all the time. Oh, this is super great, but I teach math. And we're like, <laughs> <Right>. oh, <laughs> this totally applies to math. <laughs> so we'll probably have a STEAM edition and a primary edition and uh, 
uh, I, I'm working on with some friends an AP English edition because I'll have the same problem. I know you guys have seen this. Oh, that's great. But, you know, I teach AP, so none of this applies to me. Mm -hmm. So we're going to write things that sing to their soul, yeah. which is really the same old protocols labeled this. Right. And so they see it as, you know, it's almost like a predator-prey relationship, right? Like if it doesn't do that, I don't see it as a thing. Yeah. Um, but to add on to how many protocols are there, so like our, Marlena's, you know, right, we've got 16 plus 12, the official ones. We got about 10 coming in the math edition. But if you if people look through the Twitter feed, the iterations are out of control, mm. which is my favorite part. So we've got teachers going, guess what I did? I combined these two. Mm -hmm. And an example of that is if you guys are old school enough to know what a Frayer model is, right? The good oh, old yeah. Dorothy Frayer quadrant thing. So if you... Uh, Lynn, you got a thought for us there? Oh, old school? I don't know. What? What is? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Old school enough to know what a Freyer model is. Just old. But yes, yeah, we know what well, it is, and we like it. I, well, you know, I didn't know. Yeah, Dorothy invented them in the '60s, and they're timeless, right? Yeah, yep. they're timeless. <laughs> and so, um, so basically, we have a teacher who took the Freyer model and mashed that up with Iron Chef. So one kid is doing each quadrant. And now he's got speed frayer models. So there's no more waiting 20 minutes for the whole class to finish their frayer model. You got four kids subdividing it. And now it's a seven minute activity instead of a 20 minute activity. And then the kids present immediately. So there's the immediate feedback. And that's oh. not in the book because Kevin Fair, not Kevin Fairchild, what a uh, Kevin. Oh, I can't remember his last name, but one of Francesco from. Oh yeah, Kevin Faramisco, he mashed up too. So your the long, long answer to your question is how many are there? Unlimited. Yes. Yes. That sounds like fun. We could try that in a PD session. The Iron the Chef. Oh, that's we another great thing, Lynn. Freyer models. I want to give Marlena I, I want to give Marlena a shout out because she's the <laughs> one that rolled in and said, Guess how I'm doing PD today? Mm. We're we're iron chefing the four C's. I'm not going to lecture people about creativity. I'm going to ask them what's it look like in the classroom. And now you, this is the thing I really love is we've got Tosas out doing this and, and tech coaches. The the protocol you learn in your PD is the same exact pedagogy you drop on the kids. The only thing that changes is the content. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and here's the reason: if it's if it's good enough for kids in the classroom. Why is it good enough yep. for us in our professional learning? Yep, exactly. Right. Good instruction is good instruction. Way. So looking through um, the table of contents exactly. of your Edge Protocol field guide, uh, you've broken them down to these smart start Edge Protocols, and then you list some other pro mm -hmm. Edge Protocols. So what's the difference? Help us understand the difference, our listeners to understand what's the difference between the smart start and the regular Edge Protocol. The difference is that smart start is how you build the culture and you begin to lay the foundation in your classroom where students know how to collaborate. You've taught them how to do that. You've broken down the cultural barriers where you know kids are divided in the classroom because they're sitting with their cliques. You're trying to build the expectation in your classroom that everybody's gonna work with everybody and we're all in this together. So smart start is building that foundation. Sometimes you do things in Smart Start that are just uh, like team building activities, but sometimes you also want to use the protocols, but in a really fun and engaging way. So kids are breaking down those barriers and getting to know their peers. Well, at the same time, you're front loading them on how the protocol works. So in week two or three, you can move that into content and they already know how to do an iron chef. They already know how to do the frayer. So um, we start with the frayer. 
mind. And we do fun things like that to break down those barriers, right? So we're, we're building the schema to think in this way and think a little bit differently. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and I'll, I'll give I'll give Marlena another shout out. I think in the book she's quoted roughly saying, you know, if you don't have a place where it's safe to create, none of this works. Hmm. And that's what you build during that first week. Mm -hmm. My my add on to Smart Start is that I realized that the the group of fifth graders that were going to come to my sixth class sixth grade class every year would not do a couple things. This is not a Venn diagram. This is a top ten list. They will not put their names on papers. They will not remember where their homework is. They will leave their backpacks at home. They will not know how to compare things with a Venn diagram. There's a list of things that they won't be able to do every year. So instead of doing what some teachers that I've had as a, as a student do is get frustrated. What were you doing last year? What's wrong with that mm -hmm. teacher? I just said, look, here's what I'm going to get every year. And I'm going to burn the first three to five days of school to get that out of the way. So I train them that your pen goes in your small pocket and your homework goes in your small pocket because I'm tired of you doing a lion tamer routine when you shove your head in your backpack looking for pens, mm -hmm. right? And I realized if I can get them to do a Venn diagram on a Big Mac versus a Whopper on day one, next week looks pretty cool, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and then kids don't complain, they don't complain. What's the difference between Adidas and Air Jordans for shoes, right? So we're doing Venn diagrams. Hey, uh, Randy, those are Marzano skills, right? Top 10 mm -hmm. comparing similarities and differences. I'm sneaking in with pop culture while I'm building human culture. And so I would say the biggest difference between Smart Start, I totally agree with Marlena's answer, but the biggest difference is Smart Start stuff tend to be more one and done. So you're not going to do the best presentation ever nine or the worst presentation ever. Uh, that's a good one, by the way. You're not going to do the worst prezo ever eight times in a row. That would be ugly. <laughs> Could you do it once to start the year and then once coming back from Christmas? Sure. So they don't quite fit the protocol definition because they're meant to be kind of done once, but they're prepping you for other things. How did I do, Marlene? Is that okay? That's pretty darn good, yeah. <laughs> So we talked about Venn diagrams. You mentioned using um, the combining the Freyer and using one of the protocols for the four C's in, P, in a PD session with teachers. How might teachers use the EDUC protocols to help learners develop the four C's of communication, critical thinking, collaboration, and even creativity? Well, if I can jump in on that one, there's a protocol in there for admins called the four C's throwdown. And so basically in the four C's throwdown, it's a pretty simple thing. You take a classically bad assignment and I'll, I'll throw out one that is kind of a cliche, kind of a tropey cliched assignment, state <laughs> reports, right? Nobody goes, Ooh, yeah, oh, yeah, state reports. Mm. <laughs> in California, they're California mission reports where most of the kids do two things. They either go to Michael's Art Supply and buy a mission or their dad's a contractor and he builds one. So um, in a four C's throwdown, I have people in a Kahoot survey, but any tool that takes real results is good. I put them in a Kahoot survey and I said, I'm gonna show you an assignment, okay? And that assignment is gonna get zero points in each C, up to 10 points in each C, up to 20 points in each C, and up to 40 points. So here's an example. Best lesson ever that has every C in it would be 40 points. Worst lesson ever that is just a worksheet with no direct instruction would get zero points, right? So pretty simple. And then what I do is I show the classics to the audience. So I go state report, talk about it at your table. What is the four C's potential in each quadrant? Each quadrant gets 10 points. So collaboration. Well, if you're collaborating on a state report, you're probably doing it with your mom. That's not what I'm looking for. Um, creativity. <laughs> 
You're probably following my template, which like if you think of the cell model styrofoam ball thing, variations not welcome. Uh, critical thinking. Recipe. Few and far between, right? And then communication. You listening to me is not communication. So I would give state report a nine out of 40. It's not a zero, but it's really not winning, right? So then you switch it over. And I, I really would love to hear your feedback on this, you guys. I saw, I met a teacher two summers ago and she blew my mind. She does her state report as a 10 slide slide deck. And it's got a, uh, there's a table on each slide with three columns. On the left side is your state. You get to pick a state. On the right side is the state you're assigned and down the middle is the winner. Now think about what I just did to Blooms with this, right? So now what I've got is, you want to be Texas? Be Texas. Have a great time. But you're going to compare it to Massachusetts. I need to know total miles of highways, average income per capita, average number of uh, college graduates per capita, number of pro sports teams. I don't care about the state bird. That's a background. That's a background. I don't care about the state song. You can link it in with YouTube. But getting kids to really look at the data between two states and compare and pick a winner in each state. You see the simple shift? Mm -hmm. Now, what are the four C's potential, especially if two kids are building it? Because Marlena could be doing all of the uh, Texas facts and John could be doing all the Massachusetts facts. We're actually collaborating, right? And, and then the creativity piece comes that once we finish our 10 slides with all of our facts, then we make a copy of that slide deck and then we all execute the winner in each category as a new slide deck. Do you see the four C's potential there, right? So that's like, it may not be a 40, but it's darn well not a nine. Even if it's a 25, it's three times better. So what I have the teachers do is vote in the Kahoot survey because there's no wrong answers in the Kahoot survey. And it is positively amazing to watch them go from, well, that was, <laughs> that was kind of nine as a group to that's kind of a 35. And then I do this. So why aren't we doing it? Why do we keep doing it the wrong way? Um, you can take a, one more quick one because I got a lot of airtime going right now. Um, you could take a, a worksheet about, uh, say, reciprocals or um, or ratios. You know, what is a four C's potential on a worksheet? If, if you're collaborating, you're cheating. Randy, do the even. Lynn, do the odd. That's that's outsourcing. That's not collaboration. Um, there's only one right answer, and once you get the algorithm, you only figure it out one way. Communication, if you're lucky, it'll hit the refrigerator when it gets home. And then, uh, you know, creativity might be drawing in the margins. So, again, not a zero, <laughs> but probably like a, a 10. And then if there's one thing that your podcast listeners take from this, it would be this. Uh, my friend Matt Vaudry does a lesson called the, the mullet ratio. Mm. And so in the mullet ratio mullet? lesson. Yep. Yep. <laughs> The mullet ratio. Yep. So he has the kids Google mullet and guess who's popping up, right? You got Billy Ray Cyrus, Tootie from Facts of Life, Lionel Richie, Kid and Play. You got all these mullets coming in. And now he has the kids scatter plot their mullet ratio. And the taller your hair is, the bigger the number. And the longer the back is, the bigger the number. Now I'm just going to go to the visual right now. Randy, you would be at zero, zero. <laughs> yes, because I don't have a mullet. And Lynn? Look. Lynn, you're going to be like a two eleven, <laughs> and so and so and so these kids charted on a scatter plot all the celebrities. Bruce Willis is at zero zero, right? Billy Ray Cyrus is at nine nine, 
and then they they explored all of the verbiage they came up with uh, the ways to make the and the, the ratio is business over party of course and it's called it's called the matt vaudry mullet rest mullet ratio lesson if you want to google it it's out there my point is when i go to vo vote on that in the kahoot survey what's the what's the four c's on that going to be mm. that's going to be off the charts compared to worksheet mm -hmm. does that mean worksheets equal well it's not the best thing ever but you got to have a comparison and so the idea of the four c's throwdown is to build that kind of palette this is a beer and i can drink it this is a good beer. This is a beer that is desirable. We have those kinds of palates outside of education, but we don't necessarily exercise them inside. So Marlena, what are your go-to edge protocols that you like? Well, I have several in the lineup that I like to use <laughs> over and over again. And I think it's important to note that while we, we talked about earlier how many we've created, every teacher is not going to use that many. If a teacher has maybe four to seven that they use in their classroom regularly over the course of the year, I think that's pretty good. And they're gonna to gravitate towards the ones that they find the most useful with their kids and their content and their grade level. But my go-to's would be Cyber Sandwich, which is just a pair share over a Venn diagram where kids have that accountability of their pair sharing, their reading and they're noticing what they each bring as far as comprehension, and then they're cross-pollinating their ideas with each other through a Venn diagram. Sketch and tell, where especially for our English language learners here in California, we, you know, we have so many, and those kids must be able to hear an audio and be able to repeat back and explain what it is. So in sketch and tell, they're they are listening to some kind of media and then they are drawing their idea and they're sharing and explaining that drawing to another person. Uh, let's see what else. Um, book of Kucha. Book of Kucha is just a book report using a lit circle format of uh, here's our prompt. And no matter where you are, you're going to basically stop your reading, drop what you're doing, and you're going to respond to that prompt no matter where you are in the book. So those are just a couple of my favorites that I, I go to over and over and over again. John, do you have a couple favorites? Um, well, you know, uh, I, I totally agree with Marlene on this one. I feel like a parent, like eight parts has a, a place in <laughs> my heart because that's the original baby, right? Iron Chef is the one that took it downtown in terms of like being normal. Like it, it, it made it not a one protocol world. It was a two protocol world. Um, I love Fast and Curious because it blows people's minds that kids can grow 25 to 40 points in under 10 minutes that it, teachers cannot get that. And I'm like, dude, they do this all the time at paintball, at cheerleading, at soccer. They do this all the time everywhere but school. Um, probably my favorite of the favorites, though, is um, um, my favorite of the favorites right now is the random emoji power paragraph because I really don't like the hamburger paragraph and I'm seeing it get taught in second through 11th grade and it's really, really ugly. Um, and so um, I, I, the random emoji power paragraph is probably my favorite right now. That's probably, if, if I was gonna have a Venn diagram moment of this, like if there was one thing people really grabbed onto, random emoji is pretty rad. So lots of options to uh, tickle the curiosity of our listeners. Yeah, and if John and I, you know, both of us are not in the classroom right now, um, but if we were in the classroom, our classrooms would look totally different because he is gravitating towards, you know, he has developed his favorites and I've developed mm -hmm. mine, but we would both be building practices in our students that would be uh, creating lifelong learners in them and shifting the workload from the teacher to the kid. 
And what happens when that happens, when the workload shifts to the kid, the kids take ownership of what they're doing. And as long as I own the learning as a teacher, kids are not, they're gonna be passive in their learning. They're not gonna take that on. I mean, that's something I've learned as a teacher and as a parent is when I'm the one uh, telling my kids at home, do your homework, kids could care less. Mm -hmm. When it's their work, they want to engage in it. And so this is, we wanna shift that workload. So all of these protocols move that responsibility to the kids. Mm -hmm. And really work to develop agency, release agency to learners, we should say. Exactly. And, you know, maybe there's varying degrees of, of how much that works for each, mm-hmm. each one. Every teacher brings their own layer to that as well. You can totally pollute and still own an edge protocol as a teacher, mm-hmm. or you can get a movement for the kids. But as they are being creative in those four C's, they are, they are taking the ownership. It's really hard for the teacher to own the four C's, right? Because that's where a kid is taking their intrinsic self and putting that into some format. And so it's hard for a teacher to take that away. So allowing that, that's what's allowing kids to have that agency and the ownership of that. Mm -hmm. So, so many ideas, so many topics to pique our curiosity. And you have much more on your website, eduprotocols.com. When we were looking through that, we saw a variety of resources, including a book study and free templates. So maybe give our listeners a little sneak peek at what they can find on the site and encourage them to go take take a look. Okay, um, I would say uh, Fast and Curious, Cyber Sandwich, and Random Emoji Power Paragraph. Those would be my favorites. So one thing on the website that's my favorite is the blogs. We have a whole page dedicated to podcasts. So you can go in and you can listen to what other people are saying or writing about edu protocols. Teachers who are sharing their experience, we try to link in. If you are using protocols and you send that blog to us, if you write about it, we will link it into the website so other people can see that information. And then if you go to the template, like say, say you go to the template for Cyber Sandwich, um, I've tried to link in the blogs pertaining to Cyber Sandwich on that page so you can find it where you want it. Um, the, the templates are really awesome. Teachers don't need templates for any of this. They, they can do them using just a blank slide. They don't need to have a template. We've created some templates to help teachers get started, but it's our hope that as they get better at this and as the kids get better at it, that they begin to move the scaffolding of the template and let kids have that blank slide just to create, because that is what the four C's is about is, is allowing kids so I wonder if you've ever had any kids create edu protocols. Oh, um, Lisa Nowakowski, who's working on the math edition, had her class. She works with her students, and they create they created some together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to just kids that have experienced a whole host of these just say, "Okay, create your own. Let's yeah. see what you come up with." Um, well, I I can give I would say this for sure: kids have honed them. Yeah. Because kids have come up to us yep. and said, if we did this, it would be so right. much better. Yeah. But I can, I'd can. i like to give a shout out to Kim Vogie. She's one of our folks using protocols really heavily this year. And she recently said to her students, hey, I'm going to be on, i got a sub day coming up Thursday. What, what do you guys want to do? And they were like, oh, we want to do Cyber Sandwich. We want to do uh, two thin slides. We want to do, uh, <laughs> can you imagine what that is for kids to be able to dictate what the day is going to be? 
how powerful that is. And that's fifth grade. That's not high school kids. They're saying, no, we'll take two of these, three of these, four of these. Do you want us to make it for you? Yes. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God. And then when the subs get there, the sub goes, what are we supposed to do? And the kids wave their hand and go, oh, we got this. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're in charge. <laughs> yep. We're in charge. And so one of the things I'd like to just briefly also add on is that we've got this whole movement of SEL and we've got this wave of kids mm-hmm. being depressed, right? This is how you get rid of it. You don't get rid of SEL and depression <laughs> issues with a counselor because the kid's going to see him once every four months. No offense. Uh, the You don't fix it with a rally. And we already know that pencils aren't going to get the job done from accelerator reader. The best place to fix SEL is in the day-to-day culture and work of the class mm-hmm. when kids believe two things. One, I'm growing. Two, this is going to help me in, quote, real life, quote. When you give kids that, the depression disappears. I think that the depression is 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 a form of demoralization. Hmm. And how much of our schools are contributing to that, of what we do in our schools? All of them. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Re- read The End of Average by Todd Rose mm-hmm. or watch Mostly Likely to Succeed. They mm-hmm. are built to create that standard. Yep. They are built to remove creativity, remove agency. And then we're surprised that seventh and eighth graders don't want to do a passion project. Dude, they've been trained for eight years to not participate. And then I'm going to walk in and go, who wants to do a passion project? They're like, you got to be kidding me, bro. Mm-hmm. I am not going to, I'm not going to extend myself in front of you guys. Yeah. Good stuff. So uh, as we wrap up our conversation here, we ask all of our guests a series of several questions. Uh, So we can give the, we call these rapid response questions. So each of you can give a a quick response. Um, So here we go. First question. um, Who is one expert, or let's say as many as you want, really, um, our listeners should connect to, uh, to learn more about edge of protocol. So who are those people that are really like, you know, gung ho about this and have really, really created a lot and contributing a lot in your, in your work. Kim Vogie is way up there on the list. She is just doing amazing stuff. She's just gone in full, full force here. And uh, like John said, the results in her classroom are amazing. Uh, Lisa Nowakowski and Jeremiah Rausch, who are both working on the math edition. Lisa's got a website with math reps set up and lots of great resources, and she's tweeting about it. Um, go ahead, John. What do you got? Uh, Adam Moeller in Cincinnati, who I've never met in real life and has completely rebuilt his classroom structure. Uh, Diane Mapes. Listen to this one, uh, superintendent and assistant superintendent. Diane has been teaching for 30 years. Earlier this year, she tweeted, and I'd never met her till last weekend. She just got this from reading the book and the tweets. She tweeted, I've been teaching for 30 years and I just realized I've been doing it wrong. I actually like coming to school now. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually like coming to school now. And then I ran into her last weekend. You know what her big thing is right now? I haven't made one copy all year. No (laughs) copies, none. And I haven't given one test. I just rep the kids until they all get an A. Her class scores are off the chart and she is so refreshed and so chill because she's not doing that workaday drudgery that gets us actually nothing. So Diane and Adam are two good ones. Um, Kim Bogie, uh, Nupur Sethi, N-U-P-R-S-E-T-H-I. She works with underprivileged kids. She's had just dramatic results in growth. And she's another one that she took the, the, the concept and is really riffing on it. She's creating her own protocols. You can see them on the protocols page. She's like, oh, if this is good, why don't we do this? So she took eight parts and turned it into a comma structuring uh, activity. So imagine this. Make a list. Use commas correctly. 
right? Do some dialogue, use commas correctly. Um, do an appositive, use commas correctly. Do an introductory element with a comma, use correctly. And, and it's like, wow, she's got 20 standards going on. And her kids actually like it because it's about a funny picture. Right. Very cool. So you've created a movement, and there are lots of people in this movement that are building it that our listeners who are interested in Edge of Protocols can tap into. Yeah. We're not viral yet. We're whatever is below grassroots, but we're getting there. <laughs> well, this Almost podcast will help get it there. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping. I'll put, you push us over the top. <laughs> All right. Second lightning round question. Who have you read that's shaped your beliefs about deep, powerful learning? Marlena first. Well, I, I just have to say one of the most powerful books I ever read was clear back when I was doing my student teaching and it's called Children, the Challenge. And I think what shaped my, my understanding of kids through that book was kids need space. And we as adults need to back off a little bit and let them learn and make, make their own mistakes and let the natural consequences follow through of their mistakes so that they can learn from it. We are always trying to correct kids and do it for them. And we have to let them have space, whether that's in their creativity or whether it's in how they behave or how they talk to people, whatever it is, we just need to back off and give kids space. And we're trying to create this safe environment in the school system through our use of technology so they can learn in this protected environment. So that's just was a big one for me. Yeah, I love that. How about you, John? Um, well, I'm going to do a crossover right now. Bob Ross. Bob Ross. That's what all teachers should be teaching like. Bob doesn't care if you're good at painting. He's aware that he's not super good at painting. What he wants to have is a good day, and he wants to make a friend. And I think that's really missing in teaching. Mm. Uh, my favorite lineup of influential writers would be, because uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a load right now, uh, start with Dumbing Us Down by John Taylor Gatto. It will, he, in 1993, explained the exact problem we're having now, 30 years later, right? He's already given us the answers because they're all based on a 100-year-old plan uh, from the Gang of Ten. That's a whole separate mm. podcast. <laughs> um, read Why Johnny Can't Read by um, Rudolf Flesch and learn how to actually teach reading without worksheets. Here's my, here's my question for teachers who claim to teach reading. If I take your Orton Gillingham away, what do you got? <laughs> what? If I take your level books away. What do you got? Because they equate teaching reading with a publisher. And a series. And they're not related. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And what Rudolf Lesch helps us understand is we've been teaching people how to read for 4,500 years, and only in the last 30 we've forgotten how. And that coincides with Gatto, the rise of publishers, hmm. right? Um, we didn't have level books in the 40s, and people were fine. Uh, then uh, uh, The End of Average by Todd Rose, completely mind-blowing. Uh, I'll give you the cliff notes. The bell curve was invented by the guy that invented eugenics and was meant to sort people into good and bad categories. So when I see bell curves and I see teachers say things like fare thee well or the world needs ditch diggers too, I'm like, dude, you don't even realize that you're promoting Sir Francis Galton from 1885. That's not even your own concept. <laughs> You've latched on to somebody else's concept. And then uh, I'm going to throw a real curveball. The First Days of School by Harry Wong. Uh, 95% good. He needed to meet Bob Ross before they both died um, because Harry unfortunately leaves us with the impression that procedures are more important than human children. Massive problem there. But uh, I like his structure and his concept of flow, but he's the guy that popularized Don't Smile Till Christmas. I have a pretty big problem uh, with that. Uh. He's the guy. Look it up. And the book is mostly good. 
but that 5% wrecks the whole thing. Like I, th I think I saw somebody say this the other day, what percent of cockroach in your burger before you don't want it is 2% enough or is it five or seven? So for me, any cockroach is bad. Yes. So Zero. In, any idea that the procedures are more important than the relationship I have with the child, that's going to be a huge problem. Huge problem. And then I'm a pretty big fan of Ditch Book, uh, Ditch That Textbook by Matt Miller. It was great to read because his story was almost my same story arc. Like, maybe I'm not that good at this. Maybe I'm just forcing kids to read it. Maybe they don't really like it. And then, oh, no, now existential uh, crisis. Like, I'm not actually a good teacher. I'm just good at making kids do stuff. And he went through that whole journey. And then a uh, big shout out to Dave Burgess. Um, that book sat in my wife's uh, special place in our bathroom for at least a year before I opened it up. And I was like, I don't want to read a pirate book. <laughs> and then I, I realized it's not about pirates at all. <laughs> it's an amazing <laughs> educational leader book. And um, now he's our publisher. So go figure. Right. So th those are like my top five or six got to read books, because until you truly understand how we got here. You can't stop doing what we've been codependent on. And that's the problem that I see over and over again. I'm 90% I'm sure that if we showed up and did PD for your staff, I could tell the same exact crappy teacher jokes and get the same reaction that I do from California teachers. And that's because we all basically work at the 7-Eleven of education. <laughs> We're all doing the same stuff. Oh, I got Twinkies. You got Twinkies. I got uh, hot dogs on rollers. You got hot dogs on rollers. There is nobody out there that innovates at 7-Eleven. They just take the money and make you leave, right? So that's that's the problem is most oh schools my gosh. most schools are built on exactly the same yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. And so therefore I can go to any school and be an expert because they've never looked outside their own school or district or county. And once you do, you go, "Oh my god, this is a national international crisis." The same jokes that I tell work in Mexico City, New Jersey, and Australia. What's that tell you? And Pennsylvania. I, yeah, and Pennsylvania. I go I go to Mexico City. I'm like, hey, you're gonna give kids an essay. It's due next Thursday. They have a week. What day do they do it? Whole audience. Wednesday night. One person, Thursday morning, audience laughs. Like clockwork. Like <laughs> clockwork. Anywhere on the planet, I get that. So it's not a it's not an American kid thing and it's not a Pennsylvania kid thing. It is a human thing. So if our listeners have connected to John's thoughts about powerful learning, he's given us a bunch of resources to dig into. So the last lightning round question, lightning response question, I should say, is what online site resource or person do you learn from regularly? All right. I know John's going to have a, a list of 25 and I'm probably going to like one. <laughs> we'll limit him to three. <laughs> But okay, I, I'm, I can do that. I don't necessarily subscribe to any one source. I'm more of a go on Twitter and follow where my interest goes at the moment. So I, I don't, I don't even have one that I would just say I go here. Um, I'm more of a read an article, digest the article, move on to the, the next article kind of person, and then through that I've you know collected sort of my philosophy of education and. Where I find if I if I need resources, I go out and I, I look for the resources. I don't necessarily follow a person to get them. I follow mm -hmm. the the quality of the resource. So so Twitter is your your yeah, go to. I do, I do use Twitter heavily. Yeah, if you ask me what do I do, I go to Twitter. Twitter I use heavily. I think it's it's probably one of the best 
true resources for educators that has put things together in a way that you can find things through hashtags and access people. You can access ideas. People can contact, you know, little people like John and I, uh, you can contact big people and respond to you. I, I think it's actually been one of the innovative things that has helped this curve of education that's happening, the change that's happening in education happen right now. And is the hashtag EduProtocols? Our hashtag is EduProtocols. Um, some, you can find a few things under specific hashtags, like uh, hashtag Iron Chef or hashtag Cyber Sandwich sometimes. Um, and then I just search other hashtags when I want to learn things and find sure. things out. Great. How about you, John? How do you learn regularly? Uh, uh, I, I'm going to be right back into our Venn diagram. Uh, I'm, I'm similar to Marlena. I think one of the things that I learned as an assistant soup is one of the most dangerous things you can say is we are a blank school. Because what you've done when you do that, if you say, and I, I don't want to throw Marzano under the bus by any means, but if you say we're a Marzano school, what happens is when the new superintendent comes in and you're not a Marzano school, everybody runs around like, what are we now? Look, dude, I am a freaking professional and I'm going to make my own reality. I'm going to cobble it together out of all of the best stuff. You see this in chefs all the time, right? I saw, I went to Texas and I've decided to add this spice to our food we're cooking in the Netherlands, right? That crossover is what makes you a professional chef. So I uh, very much in Marlena's mindset where I'm going to read eight or nine books, 10 books. I'm going to look at a lot of tweets and then I'm going to make my own thing mm -hmm. based on a synthesis of all of that. So I'm not going to be lockstep with anybody. Um, but that being said, there are a few people that definitely stand out. You limited me to three. That's, that's kind of, restricting I'm how about five uh five no i don't even know that i can do three um because the the network is so broad and wide um sure i would say right now i'm super i'm a super fan of watching what kim bogey's doing she's creating and building her own stuff um lisa nokowski already got a shout out she's the one that took eight parts for me and turned it into math reps so she did a full academic crossover to a different subject area of a protocol and so the eight parts thing is let's do eight parts of speech every day. Lisa turned that into let's do all the things you need to do in division once a day. And the only thing that changes is the number. Think about that for a second. So the work tomorrow is going to be the same thing, but with a new number. So I, I'm a really big fan of hers. And then I'm very much inspired by the raw creative genius of one Ed Campos Jr. His Twitter, Twitter handle is Ed Camp. OS junior. So everybody gets him confused with mm. Ed camp. Um, but he, he's, he's like, he's living the dream right now. He's, he's got a tackle box that he uses for all of the custom educational stickers. He designs. He's a CVQ board president. He's working for a County office. He's working for Brown university. He's, he is the full blown Renaissance. I can teach anything that moves. Plus I'm a Google certified teacher. He is doing that stuff and just watching what folks like that do inspire me. Now, of, of course, there's the Burgess level and all those folks, but on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm, I'm inspired by the people making stuff. All right, great. Well, there will be a huge list of uh, show notes of resources that you've shared, uh, and that's what our listeners really love, too. That's the, that's the bonus for listening to these podcasts uh, yeah. with all these great guests and all of the, the knowledge that you communicate and share with us. All right, as we wrap up our conversation here, John and Marlena, what's next for you? What are you working on now that you'd like to share with our listeners? A vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get those other two books finished first. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, we're working on the math edition right now. We're in the middle of writing and it's, it's going a little slower than we first anticipated, but I think it's because we're really trying to put the quality into it and, and some things you just can't rush. So we've decided that it will take however long it takes. And when it is done, we will know when it is done and that's okay. And we're always trying to keep our website up to date and interesting for people and um, putting new resources on it. Um, I don't know, John, what else are we working on? Well, we're looking at, I will keep it somewhat amorphous right now, but we, here's a thought for both of you guys. Uh, you've heard a lot about the excitement of edge protocols and hopefully you've seen a couple in action. I know you did this summer, Randy. I want you to visualize this. I graduate from teacher school. That's what I call college. I graduate from teacher school. I can already execute random emoji power paragraphs. I already know how to get kids to do their timed math in a happy, fun way with Fast and Curious. I already know how to do a cyber sandwich. I've done a great American race. I've done all these things 10 or 12 times in my classes, and I've done my evaluations with those, right? My student teaching. How's the first day of school feel? I'm, I'm pretty chill. I'm pretty chill the first day, right? I'm pretty, I, I don't have to go through the six months of crying like we all did. I can start being good on day one. So we're playing with what is that, what does a book like that look like mm. for a, a college what, how do we get through the training? Because I know you guys as admins, you hire people and you've got to look at some of the application that go, wow, did you really go to college for this? Because I'm not seeing it <laughs> right now, right? And so um, we think that we can help stop the problems that we're experiencing in, in the career at the college level. Mm-hmm. So that's our, that's our kind of ne- next concept. Exciting. And honestly, something like this book, tailored slightly, could be a really great yeah. methods book for college resource, I should say, for a college uh, course. Exactly. I know of I know of at least four college courses that are using it right mm-hmm. now. But what they're doing is an adapting it, right? right? So what we're saying is, what if we purpose built right. this stuff With for just, a methods course? Just a little intentional. Plus, the, here's the. <laughs> Here's the irony. It would also be the easiest class ever to teach for the professor because you go like this. Hey, guys, we're doing an Iron Chef on social emotional learning. (laughs) I expect to see your slides in about 12 minutes. Here we go. And so you're teaching them the pedagogy while they're learning the actual content. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you. The other thing we're working on is making edgy protocols available in some of the other platforms that are out there right now, um, like maybe Nearpod or some of the others out there and we are working on that because we want we want teachers to be able to access the in their platforms whatever they're using mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well thank you so much for joining us john and marlena um, it was great to talk with you and learn more about edu protocols and the infinite iterations um, really appreciate the fact that you've connected us with some other teachers and practitioners who are using these and adapting these for learners in all contents in all contexts so thank you so much you're welcome and randy i need to know why are you keeping lynn away from us why why is she not out here hanging out with us busting a move on the west coast well next time Someone has to be here. The West Coast is too far, right? Well, it was the summer. You could have gone. She was on vacation. How's oh, that? the summer. That's right. How's you that? You. <laughs> Next time. We'll come together. Well, thank you so, so much. I would suggest people keep an eye on our Twitter to see what's happening next. And if you join, if you go to our website and you put your name on our mailing list, we will, we will send you an email when we have something exciting going on. Uh, we do have some work coming up that we're planning with. Nearpod, and so if you're interested in that, put your name in our mailing list, and we'll send you a little blurb about. Excellent. 
Sounds great. And we will link all those resources in the show notes. Um, Each episode, we leave you with a question to think about, provoking reflection and conversation. This episode's question, how might you use Edu protocols to engage your learners, whether they are adult learners or young learners? If you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources shared today, visit the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for season six, episode 26. That's all for this episode. But wait, there's one more thing. No, it's not all. There's one more thing. Your listeners get free tech support for life. If they'll just email us when they have questions, we're good to go. All right. That's right. We will include your we will include your emails in the show notes so that our listeners can reach out and I'm sure they'll appreciate connecting with you. That's all for this episode. We'll be back next week with another conversation featuring other innovative thought leaders. Thanks again, John and Marlena. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. What fun you guys are. That was really fun. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.